Uh, my name is Mark Quigley. I'm chairperson of the Ireland Palestine Solidarity Campaign. And uh, I just want to introduce uh, Raya uh, Hassan, and she's uh, the European coordinator with the Boycott National Committee, uh, working from London. Uh, she's a Palestinian from uh, the Negev. And uh, just want to talk about, explain the work of the Boycott National Committee as well. and talking about the boycott in general and uh, so we'll have a talk and then we'll go over to maybe discussion questions and answers after that uh, and I hope we can answer your questions. Okay. Cool. Um, I'm going to sit down uh, if people don't mind. Um, thank you uh, everyone for coming here uh, today and thank you for the Irish PSC for inviting me here and on, a, on a tour and giving me the opportunity to kind of uh, see a uh, beautiful island uh, island I've never been here before and it's quite it's quite amazing there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of fresh air uh, that I don't get to like breathe much in in, in London um, and I've learned throughout my travels in Ireland that boycott is actually a word that originates uh, from Ireland uh, something that was quite fascinating uh, and quite interesting so I guess I'm kind of learning and exploring uh, along the way so thank you for uh, giving me this opportunity. Um, as Martin said, um, my name is Raya Hassan. I work for the Palestine National Boycott Committee, um, the broadest body of uh, Palestinian civil society organizations um, that works to lead and support uh, the boycott and divestment sanctions movement um, internationally. The Palestine National Boycott Committee emerged out of the call for the boycott and divestment and sanctions movement. Um, that was launched in 2005 when the Palestinian civil society saw that the boycott on divestment and sanctions movement is growing and a lot of people are coming in support of uh, the Palestinian call for BDS. Uh, it was important for the Palestinian civil society to also have uh, a Palestinian voice uh, as, part of, as part of that uh, global movement. And that's kind of uh, where, uh, where we come from. the Ramallah and we have uh, people like myself uh, kind of uh, dispatched uh, around the world to kind of um, engage with people that are, are involved in the um, involved in the movement. So I kind of wanted to start actually from a general situation and a general outlook of where uh, the Palestinians find themselves, or we as Palestinians find ourselves uh, at this moment, uh, at this moment in time. Uh, as the uh, refugee crisis finally reaches, um, you know, uh, uh, headlines, and people are becoming much more aware of the of the situation of of uh, of uh, refugees fleeing war uh, and devastation, and uh, our you know European governments actually horrific and cruel response uh, to uh, to the crisis. What is often omitted from the story is that many of those refugees are Palestinians, made refugees for the second or third or fourth, uh, or fourth time. The, uh, the, the irony of the, of the situation is that Palestinians, uh, refugees from Syria, instead of crossing the border and going back to their historical, la uh, uh, historical land, have to uh, venture on kind of death boats uh, pursuing uh, a better lives for themselves and for, and for their children. And it reminds us actually that the issue of Palestinian refugees is not an issue of the past. It's an issue, it's an ongoing issue uh, that we must uh, take in, in consideration wherever it is that we're doing. What started in 1948 uh, has not uh, ended uh, and it's an, it's an ongoing process and I'm guessing 
uh, this is why uh, our movement is gaining attraction. This is why our movement is gaining strength. And this is why, you know, we still have meetings like these, uh, uh, you know, uh, decades later, uh, kind of uh, urging and, and, and calling for a boycott of the Israeli state and, 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 and fighting for the liberation of Palestine from within Palestine and, um, and uh, internationally. It's not only the Palestinian refugees that find themselves in a in, in a dire in a dire situations. Palestinians uh, who live in uh, Israel also find themselves bearing the brunt of an extremely uh, of an extremely right wing uh, Israeli government. The fascistic policies uh, that that government is developing are not are not necessarily uh, an exception, but they are an integral part of the Israeli system of oppression. Um, and are a continuation of exactly the same process that started in 1948 and the expansion of Israeli and the continuation of Israeli apartheid and settler colonialism. At the moment, um, uh, there is a 24-day strike in uh, Palestinian schools in, um, a, a amongst the Palestinian community that lives uh, in, um, <coughs> in, uh, in Israel. The strike... Um, there's 33,000 uh, Palestinian children that have been, uh, you know, off school for 24, uh, 24 days, and the strike is because the Israeli state has cut subsidies for church-run schools uh, within, uh, amongst that community. Quite a significant amount of the Palestinian community in Israel is a Christian, uh, is a Christian community. Um, so the state has cut uh, subsidies for those schools while at the same time funding 75% to 80% of uh, Israeli Jewish uh, Israeli Jewish schools that this policy is not uh, it's it's a continuation of of the discriminatory policy in uh, education but it also comes in response to the Christian community's resistance uh, to the Israeli state's attempt to integrate them uh, and to get them to join the uh, to join the uh, Israeli army so we can see as well how the state uh, uses its power uh, to, 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 to oppress Palestinian, the Palestinian community um, internally, but also those schools uh, have, have for generations and generations uh, brought out uh, political leaders, intellectual leaders of the Palestinian community in Israel because famously they, they are uh, a little bit more autonomous in terms of the education and the curriculum that they, that they teach uh, in those um, in those uh, uh, schools, um, there's four. I, I don't know if people have heard about the Prower Plan in the Negev. People heard about it. I'll just kind of explain it uh, briefly because it's an issue that is very, um, it's it's very close to my heart because that's the area that I come from uh, in Palestine. And there's um, there's 40,000 Palestinians in the Negev that live in unrecognized villages. Unrecognized villages are uh, villages that have existed there. Uh, either before 1948 or as a result of 1948. So people have been moved from one place and displaced and, 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 and positioned in another and have been there since 1948. Um, and there's a, there's a plan to ethnically cleanse that, uh, that uh, 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 com community. And there was a big movement, uh, you know, uh, two years ago in resistance uh, to that plan. Uh, that plan was officially... Uh, halted, but uh, on the ground it's still it's still it's still in process. Uh, so people have been uh, villages and homes have, have been demolished on a daily on a daily basis of in the area that is quote unquote in the uh, democratic state of, of Israel. So these are, are citizens of the Israeli states that pay their taxes that 
you know, are, are, are 100% citizens in terms of what they give the state, but they're not citizens in terms of what they take back uh, from the uh, from the Israeli state. There was an, what, what was interesting about the the movement in the in the Negev. It was actually one, was one of the biggest. Uh, uh, movement that that the area has had experienced, the demonstrations and the outcry that we saw was bigger uh, in magnitude uh, than than what we had in the 19 uh, in the 1970s against uh, you know when when what we know as as land day uh, uh, the land day uh, 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 demonstration. An interesting shift happened in that period uh, as well, where actually the struggle was not confined to the area of the Negev, and it was not confined to the Palestinian community that is bearing the brunt of that, uh, of that policy. You saw uh, actions of solidarity across uh, uh, occupied Palestine, including in Gaza and the West Bank, and you even saw actions of solidarity amongst Palestinian refugees in Yarmouk camp that were, you know, under the horrors uh, that that was happening uh, that in uh, where, where they were, but they saw themselves as part and parcel of the struggle of what is taking place in the Negev, and that is quite interesting, and it and it's a shift from what we've had uh, what we've had before internally in Palestine, where every section of the Palestinian people fought. On, uh, on its front by by, by its uh, by itself, um, and that kind of scares the uh, scares the Israeli state, and you know, and I think it's it's very much connected to a shift in discourse uh, uh, as a, as a whole that the boycott and divestment and sanction movement is also uh, part of, which I will come back to uh, uh, later. But also significantly, people started realizing that the processes that are taking place in um, in the Israeli state, so against the Palestinian community in the Israeli state, is part and parcel and very similar to what is taking place in the West Bank and in other areas. So in the West Bank, in Area C, that composes 60% of uh, the West Bank, there's also 300,000 uh, Palestinians that are also facing uh, evictions on a daily on a daily basis, house demolitions, evictions, uh, and and so on. And so you also have the settlement expansion in the West Bank and occupied East, uh, East Jerusalem is also, is also continuing. So every time you go into Palestine, you see less and less of, uh, of the land of what was meant to become the uh, Palestinian state under the two, uh, under, uh, uh, the two uh, uh, state, under the state solution. And it's more and more like segregated uh, segregated uh, uh, Bantustan, and this reality, you know, it's it's a rea it's, it's people people can see it and people can feel it. And pe there was a poll um, uh, a few days ago that indicated that more than 51 percent of the Palestinian people uh, do not believe in the two-state solution uh, anymore because it it seems and it feels and it is uh, no longer viable. Uh, in in their uh, in their uh, in their eyes, um, you know, and and in Gaza, after six years of uh, of blockade, numerous murderous attacks, we all know what happened uh, last summer. We were outraged. We were out on the streets, uh, but the 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 slow death of people in Gaza is a continuing is a continuing uh, is a continuing one, and the situation is is horrifying. Uh, only a few days ago, um, the Egyptian government also flooded uh, the tunnels uh, the, that that were only the only lifeline that Gaza has to the rest of the world. So, in essence, if Gaza was not a prison before, it is definitely uh, a prison uh, today. And the UN 
uh, this is not my statistics or any any you know um, uh, this is UN statistic that says that the Gaza will be an unlivable place in 2020. Now 2020 is not a very long time away. You know, uh, five years is a very short uh, is a very uh, is a very short time, especially if you live in a place uh, uh, in a place uh, like Gaza. So these. This reality in which the Palestinians find themselves today is not a, it's not a coincidence. It's not an outcome of a particularly right-wing Israeli government or a particular uh, of a particular policy. This is the logical outcome of Zionism, the backbone, the ideological backbone of the uh, of the Israeli state that shapes its policies, its structures, uh, and everything uh, in uh, uh, in the uh, Israeli uh, state and its relationship to the Palestinians, uh, to the Palestinians. And Zionism is based on one desire and one desire alone to control as much of the land of historic Palestine as possible with as minimum as 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 least amount of Palestinians uh, as possible and that has not that ideological uh, uh, conception has not has not shifted and it will not shift you know that is that is what Zionism uh, is about and that's what it will continue uh, to be uh, to be about and as we know international powers and imperial powers were very much ins instrumental in, cr in the creation of that project and are still very much instrumental in the, main, in the maintenance uh, and the financing and the support and the political support of the uh, of uh, of the Israeli apartheid and settler uh, and settler colonial regime. So, in recognition of this and in kind of an understanding of this situation and the, the dynamic of the power relations and international and international support to the uh, Israeli state. In 2005, the Palestinian civil society decided to call on the international community to act uh, and to do uh, and to take action in solidarity with the Palestinian people. To take action that uh, we saw as the most meaningful form of solidarity that the international community uh, can take uh, with the Palestinian uh, people. And I'm sure everyone in this room uh, knows this, but I will repeat it uh, because because it is what our movement. Uh, rests on. Uh, the boycott and divestment and sanctions movement calls for various forms of boycott uh, against all those who profit from the Israeli uh, occupation and against the uh, Israeli state until it complies by international law. And we call on the uh, we call for granting the Palestinians three basic rights that are the minimum demands that are needed in order to achieve any form of a just uh, solution for the Palestinian uh, for the Palestinian people, and you know if you don't know these demands by heart already, uh, I will repeat them. Uh, I'll repeat them again. I'm sure many of you uh, do. But the first demand is ending the Israeli uh, occupation and colonization of all Arab land occupied in 1967, including the Golan Heights. Many we all we often forget that Israel still occupies and colonizes part of. Uh, of Syria and dismantling the Israeli apartheid wall. The second one is recognizing the fundamental rights of Palestinian citizens uh, in Israel to full, uh, to full equality. And the third one, and the one that is perhaps um, fought against most viciously, uh, is recognizing, prote uh, protecting, and promoting the Palestinian right of refugees to return as stipulated in UN Resolution 194. And actually, the refugee crisis today shows us how fundamental and important uh, that demand uh, uh, that demand um, that demand is. I think it's 
maybe uh, it's uh, it's important to kind of recognize in what kind of political context uh, uh, the boycott on divestment and sanctions uh, movement uh, emerged in the boycott on uh, the boycott uh, the BDS movement emerged as a as a as a counter and as a rejection and a recognition of the failed uh, peace uh, so-called peace process. Um, it, it fights against the fragmentation of the Palestinian people, whereas the peace process created a situation where Palestinians in Israel were left to venture for equality by, the, by themselves within the structures of the newly established state. You suddenly had the issue of you had the refugee question, and then you had the occupation of the West Bank and Gaza, and these were all seen and presented as completely different and separate uh, and separate uh, and separate issues. The boycott and divestment and sanctions movement says no. These issues are very much uh, interlinked, and achieving a justice and a just solution demands addressing all of these questions. And it recognizes the holistic nature of the Israeli uh, settler uh, and colonial uh, and colonial uh, uh, regime. So the boycott and divestment and sanctions movement brings back. Uh, the whole elements of the Palestinian people into an equation and into the struggle uh, and, and, and asserts that, that there's no justice without addressing all of these elements of the, uh, of the uh, Palestinian uh, people. And I think it's People always, you know, some people think that the boycott as a tactic, the Palestinian liberation uh, struggle for liberation, is an, it was emerged in 2005, but actually it didn't emerge in 2005. Boycott has long been uh, a tactic used by the Palestine, uh, by the Palestinian liberation uh, struggle. Back in the 1920s, prior to the establishment of the Israeli state, Palest the Palestinian uh, uh, movement called for a boycott of. Uh, Zionist businesses that have been that were established in Palestine uh, at the time in 1936 during the Great Revolt, again the the this, the the movement in Palestine called for a boycott of of the Zionist uh, of Zionist and uh, and Zionist uh, uh, businesses as a form of resistance uh, to uh, to to that project. In the Arab League, in the 70s, had a mass boycott. Of the uh, of the uh, of the uh, of the uh, of the Israeli state, and actually the peace process in Oslo was very much was not only about kind of a peace uh, deal, but it was also very much about breaking Israel's isolation economically and politically in the region uh, and international and uh, uh, in, in internationally. So, you know, boycott is not necessarily a new uh, a new a new tactic, but it, it is. A tactic and a movement that is gaining more and more uh, uh, attraction. And the interesting thing about the boycott and divestment and sanctions movement, again, is the uh, what it um, what it gives us here in Europe and internationally. It gives us the power to act in solidarity that can actually make a difference and have it a real impact uh, and a real impact and an effective impact on the ground. It kind of translates. Our, uh, our solidarity into uh, and into effective forms uh, of uh, of solidarity. So now we're kind of 10 years after the boycott and divestment and sanctions movement uh, was launched, and we can see that the mo the movement has grown tremendously since when it was first launched in 2005 uh, and uh, and today. I think today we can say that. BDS has become very much a household concept. You know, thousands, of mi if not millions, around the world know uh, about uh, about BDS. 
uh, you know, BDS is, is, is covered in major newspapers, the Israeli prime ministers are talking about it, the British prime minister is talking about it, Hillary Clinton is putting it as part of her electoral, uh, electoral manifesto, etc., etc., etc. So the idea, not only is the idea of uh, boycotting, divesting, and sanctioning the Israeli state becoming m more mainstream, but we're actually see, uh, started to see that our movement has real and material uh, consequences on the Israeli uh, settler colonial uh, regime. A recent UN report, and this is not a report written by myself or my colleagues or supporters of the boycott on divestment and sanctions movement, but a report written uh, by the United Nations um, indicated that foreign direct uh, investment in Israel in 2014 fell by 46 uh, percent. The writers of that report associated that fall in foreign direct uh, investment to Operation Protective Edge, i.e. the massacre in Gaza uh, uh, last, last summer, but also, uh, and importantly for us here today, to the boycott and divestment and sanctions, uh, and sanctions uh, movement. International corporations are also realizing that there's, a, that there's a cost to their involvement in the maintenance of the Israeli settler colonial uh, regime. Veolia, the huge French cooperation that was involved in building the light railway between uh, Jerusalem uh, and settlements and actually facilitated the expansions of illegal uh, settlements in, uh, in Jerusalem and in the, uh, in the uh, West Bank, announced that it's pulling completely from all of its contracts uh, in, um, uh, in, uh, in, the, in the light railway. And that's not because suddenly Veolia realized that it's, uh, it's breaking international law and that it's helping uh, and increasing the colonization of, of, of Palestine, but it's because of a seven-year maintained campaign by people like yourself in this room and hundreds and thousands of people around the world uh, internationally. And our campaign cost Veolia $20 billion. Uh, and so it, uh, Viola has actually felt the impact of, uh, of, our, of our campaigns and has finally uh, pulled out from, uh, from its activities uh, in uh, occupied uh, Palestine. G4S, the biggest private security company uh, in the world that is involved in, uh, uh, in maintaining the Israeli uh, prisons where there's around 6,000 Palestinian political prisoners uh, in, uh, in those prisons and it also uh, has technology than the wall and the checkpoint and so on, announced <coughs> that it will pull out of Palestine in two th of all of its contracts in Palestine in 2017. Again, this announcement wasn't because suddenly G4S has become an ethical, uh, an ethical uh, company. Uh, we all know about the horrors of G4S in Palestine, but also internationally and here in Europe, uh, in Europe as, as, as well. But it's because of a sustained campaign that forced. Uh, you know, that cancelled contracts with, with G4S. It forced the Bill Gates Foundation to pull out from its investment in, uh, in G4S, which is a tremendous victory for us and for, for, for a tremendous victory for the movement. But I don't necessarily believe G4S that they will pull out of Palestine in 2017. And a demand on G4S is pull out uh, now and not wait uh, for, another, for another two years to pull out uh, your, your contract. So that that campaign must continue and must intensify. And actually, a few weeks ago, the Palestinian political prisoners issued a statement calling on the international community to intensify their campaigns uh, against, uh, against G4S because of the role that G4S plays uh, in oppressing them
in uh, in uh, uh, in prisons. On Wednesday, the City Council of Iceland voted to become a completely uh, free uh, a free apartheid city, meaning that it will not supply or have any engagement with. Uh, Israeli uh, with Israeli uh, uh, companies or supply any Israeli Israeli uh, 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 products. This is a fantastic victory for the BDS movement uh, as well. The people there are facing tremendous uh, tremendous pressure from the Zionist lobby uh, and others to back down on on this uh, on this decision. But but Iceland has set the the moral high quite quite high, and even if if they are. Uh, forced to to backtrack a little bit on what they have achieved, it's so it's it's a massive uh, victory, and I urge people to send messages of support and solidarity uh, to people there who are facing quite a lot of uh, a vicious uh, vicious attack. The groundbreaking Irish uh, um, artist pledge to boycott has encouraged thousands and thousands of artists around the world to also join uh, the call for boycott and to, and to not entertain uh, Israeli apartheid. Most recently, uh, Lauren Hill, a massive, uh, um, massive hip-hop uh, artist that one of her most famous songs is about Palestinians and about Palestinian refugees, was set to play uh, in uh, in Tel Aviv, cancelled her gig uh, in Tel Aviv because of the boycott and divestment pressure from the boycott and divestment and sanctions movement and actions of people like yourselves uh, in, um, in 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 this room. And this, you know, for us it might, you know, it is it is a massive achievement, but we might not feel its effect here. But in Israel, it has a massive a massive effect and a massive uh, blow. Every artist that refuses uh, to go and play in uh, in Israel tells and sends a message to the Israeli society that your situation is not normal. The situation that you find yourselves is, is an abnormal situation. You are part of a settler colonial society that needs to check itself, that needs to look and reflect uh, on, its, uh, on its situation. So we need to intensify uh, those, uh, 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 those uh, campaigns. Again, academics here in Ireland and internationally have joined the boycotts and divestment and sanctions uh, uh, campaigns. Uh, um, um, universities, uh, universities, uh, universities have also uh, taken up, uh, taken the boycott and divestment and sanctions uh, campaigns. There's more than 30 universities in the, in the United States that support the boycott and divestment uh, campaigns and have passed motions uh, for boycott and divestment. There's 11 student unions in Canada. There's around 30 student unions uh, in Britain. And the NUS, the National Union of Students of Britain, has become the first national uh, uni uh, student union association to adopt the boycott and divestment and sanctions uh, 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 call. And all of, you know, Dutch pension funds have also divested from Israeli from Israeli uh, uh, banks, Norwegian in banks have divested from Israeli banks because of the role that they play in Israeli uh, uh, apartheid. So we can see the movement growing and growing, uh, you know, slowly but surely. And sometimes the the punch is is much is much harder and much hard hitting than 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 other times. But they're all connected and they all they're all part of the same uh, uh, the same uh, movement. But also, recently, we started to see the boycott and divestment sanctions movement grow in the Arab world as well. So we saw a massive gas deal between Jordan uh, and Israel that was signed uh, a few years ago being cancelled as a result of activist uh, uh, pressure. 
Uh, we saw the Orange, the French uh, corporation that was had a, a, a relationship with an Israeli telecom uh, uh, company that supported the Israeli soldiers during their latest attack on Gaza, announced that they're, they're pulling out from that contract and paying uh, billions of, of, of euros to their Israeli contractors after a sustained campaign by activists uh, in, in France, but most interestingly, interestingly in Egypt. And as soon as the Egyptians, the Egyptian people joined the campaign, uh, Orange, Orange freaked out. So it shows that the movement is also uh, growing um, in uh, the Arab world as well as uh, as well as um, internationally. A priority, and I want to kind of focus on this because um, um, it, it's an important campaign for the, boyc uh, for, the, for the BNC, so the Palestine National Boycott Committee, and it's the military embargo, uh, military embargo campaign. I saw people signing the petition. Uh, please continue signing the petition, continue urging uh, uh, people to join the campaign for, for a, for, for a two-way uh, arms embargo against the Israeli state. A two-way arms embargo means we need to stop selling weapons to Israel and stop buying weapons to Israel. And it's based on, 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 a, simple, on, a, simple, uh, on a simple message, really, that from now until Palestine is free, we're going to have to stop selling weapons to Israel and we're going to have to bu stop buying weapons uh, from the Israeli state, because these weapons, we see the ramifications and the, uh, and the results of these weapons on a daily basis uh, in Palestine. The kind of the, the, the world's public opinion might not realize the, the, the kind of the, um, the direct impact and the daily impact these weapons have uh, on, Palestinian, uh, on Palestinian life, but be sure that every weapon that is bought and sold to the Israeli state reduces Palestinian Palestinian life only uh, you know yesterday and the day before uh, young uh, young uh, stu Palestinian stu two young Palestinian students were shot dead uh, by the by, by the Israeli uh, occupying forces in, uh, in 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 Hebron for the mere fact of being uh, 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 of being uh, uh, Palestinian so the Israeli military-industrial uh, complex benefits massively from a decades-long occupation and apartheid uh, of Palestine, which serves as a laboratory, really, uh, for the Israeli military-industrial complex to perfect its mechanisms uh, of, uh, of uh, uh, oppression. These, um, <clears throat> one of Israel's biggest military companies is Elbit Systems. Elbit Systems manufactures the sensors for drones that are then used uh, in, uh, uh, in Palestine. This company, like all Israeli military uh, companies, use the fact that their weapons are field tested as a, as, as a marketing tool uh, internationally. So they go around the world saying, we have proof that this weapon works. Look, we've killed this amount of people. Look, this is how we managed to control this Palestinian population, etc. And, and countries around the world are buying it. Um, and Ireland is also buying uh, buying those uh, uh, those weapons. On the leaflet uh, there, there's, there's, there's statistics about uh, uh, how much Ireland buys and sells uh, uh, to uh, Israel to the uh, to the Israeli state. And one of the ways they kind of use is saying that these are weapons of dual use. Uh, you know, we all know, you know. Dual use does not mean that they're not harmful uh, weapons, and that they don't do not result in uh, uh, the death and the oppression of the uh, 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 Palestinian people. 
But so, but also what has been developed in Palestine does not stay in Palestine. Uh, Albert Systems is, is a clear example of how what happens and the technologies that are developed in Palestine are then exported for oppression uh, internationally. Albert Systems is building the wall between Mexico and, uh, and the United uh, States. Albert Systems, like, like all Israeli companies, are set to uh, profit from Europe's militarized and securitized response to the refugee, uh, to the refugee crisis. Hungary and Bulgaria announced that they're building a wall to stop the infiltration uh, of, uh, of, uh, uh, of refugees. Surprise, surprise that the technology that they're using for, for that wall is Israeli technology. It's based on the same technology that, uh, that, was, built, that was used to uh, build the wall between Egypt uh, and, uh, and, uh, um, and uh, Israel in the, uh, in, the, uh, in the south. So this is why the, 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 the call for a two-way military embargo has long been a demand of the Palestine civil society uh, uh, or organization. And, and it might seem like, um, like, a, like a massive demand, an extremely unachievable uh, goal, because who are we? We are just citizens of a state, and how can we influence state, uh, state policy to such, to, such a, to such an extent? But actually, uh, last summer, when Israel was indiscriminately killing women, children, and men, and I think we need to uh, highlight that killing of young men is not as equally as unacceptable as killing of young uh, uh, toddlers and, uh, uh, and uh, women. Sometimes we kind of uh, we fall into the trap of emphasizing the, uh, uh, the, 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 the killing of, of women uh, and children and forget uh, about the, uh, young Palestinian, uh, Palestinian uh, men. But uh, the, the demand for uh, an end of sale of weapons to Israel and, for, and buying weapons from Israel made a lot of sense to people. You know, that was a popular uh, demand uh, on the street without us kind of as the movement saying to people this is what you should demand uh, now it it just made it just made sense people saw saw people dying on their screens and they said okay how can we stop this one immediate way is can we stop those weapons from being produced and from being uh, sold uh, to uh, to uh, uh, um, uh, to the to the Israeli state so in many ways the streets were way ahead were way ahead of us. I remember me and my colleagues kind of trying, rambling through the internet and trying to find statistics about uh, uh, governmental uh, statistics about what, you know, what 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 are we selling, what are we buying from from Israel. But people didn't really care about, you know, the exact statistics. Obviously, the exact statistics are very helpful for us of our campaigns. But people had an understanding of those uh, relations, and it made sense uh, to a lot of people. And actually, we saw some. Some movement, you know, maybe not as big and as oppressive as and uh, as we wanted it, uh, as we want it to be, uh, and as we should strive for it to be. But we saw some movement in Spain. Uh, arms sales were suspended uh, for for a period. In uh, in Britain, licensing agreements were also uh, under review, and we saw one government minister resign from the government as a result of the uh, military sales, uh, uh, weapon sales to Israel. And obviously, I think we need to um, continue the pressure on a governmental level. We can't let our governments off the hook 
uh, of their responsibility and their complicity in what uh, in what the Israeli state uh, does and, and 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 what happens to Palestinians uh, on the on the ground. But we also saw campaigns against specific Israeli military companies increase and intensify and have. Uh, and have actual uh, actual results. Again, Elbit System is a case uh, is a case in point. The Brazilian state of, of Rio Grande do Sul. I'm, I always say this wrong, and I'm sure I say it uh, wrong. But a Brazilian state had a massive contract with uh, Elbit System, and it cancelled the contract as a result of activist campaigning and activist. Uh, pressure. The Barclays Bank uh, no longer is listed as a shareholder in Elbit System as a result of campaign uh, of, of of a sustained uh, campaign. More recently, the Australian Federal Police uh, uh, cancelled the deal uh, that is a crime w with Elbit Systems. Again, that it was like a crime-fighting system that it was based on intelligence gathering uh, and so on. And that deal was uh, worth 102. A uh, million U.S. Uh, uh, U.S. dollars. All of these things happened because of people like yourselves in the room taking action, making a decision that what is taking place in Palestine is not acceptable, and that we must take action as the international community, as people that want to see an end uh, to oppression uh, in uh, in uh, 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 in Palestine. So our movement is growing in scope and in strength. A strength of the movement is its diversity. So we see kind of boycott and divestment campaigns developing on, 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 on different levels, artists, academics, uh, the, the military campaigns, the corporate complicity, and so on. And, uh, and the, the nature of the Israeli settler colonial regime means that, it's, means that its oppression affects Palestinian life in every, in every aspect. There's nothing. Uh, in your life in Palestine that is not affected and is not influenced by, uh, by the Israeli uh, uh, occupation. But also Israel's integration, the nature of Israel's integration economically, politically, academically, and culturally means that we will find links with Israeli colonialism in almost every single aspect of our lives. So whatever it is that we are, you know, be it we're students, we're, we're workers in a particular sector, in a particular, uh, particular field, we're artists, etc., etc., we will find a link to Israeli settler colonialism. And that means that we can do something about it, that every single one of us in this room has the power uh, to influence and change uh, reality uh, in, uh, in, on the ground uh, in, in Palestine. And I think a central question for us in Europe today is um, when, when Palestine is not the number one question on kind of the politician's head or the civil society, uh, uh, you know, in the consciousness of civil uh, society organizations, but it's how do we relate Palestine to an increasingly uh, militarized uh, Europe and an, an Europe that is facing extreme uh, austerity? How do we bring Palestine into those, uh, into those uh, uh, questions. I think we need to identify links between Palestine and movements that are developing on the ground. Israel is involved in the in the privatization process across Europe. In Italy and in Portugal, Israel is very much integral to the process of water privatization. Um, 
And so these we can make those links instead of making Palestine as, as a separate question. Actually, Palestine is an integral question to all the struggles that we're involved in on a daily, uh, on a daily uh, basis. And making those links and strengthening those, those movements together strengthens the Palestine Solidarity Movement, but also strengthens whatever movement that is developing uh, on the, uh, on the uh, uh, um, uh, <coughs> On the, uh, on the ground. And we've seen that not only have we grown in power and in scope and uh, uh, more and more people know about the case of Palestine and more and more people know about what is happening in Palestine, what is taking place in Palestine and, and the oppressive nature of the, uh, of the uh, Israeli uh, uh, states, our demands are becoming more and more uh, 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 mainstream. The Israeli leaders have began to, um, to, to openly express their fears of the boycott and divestment and sanctions movement. And they described the BDS movement as a strategic threat to Israel's regime of, uh, of oppression. Until recently, uh, Israeli leaders often dismissed the boycott and divestment and sanctions movement as a movement led by extreme left-wingers uh, and, and, and a sideline uh, uh, movement. But actually, last year, during uh, Netanyahu's uh, APAC speech, he dedicated a quarter of his speech into attacking uh, the boycott and divestment and sanctions movement and its supporters, hardly the actions of someone who thinks that the movement is unimportant and un. Uh, uninfluential. The latest Israeli government created a whole new ministry uh, with the sole purpose of fighting against the boycott and divestment and sanctions movement and the Iranian nuclear threat. So we can see, you know, uh, all of you are, are, are a threat, to, existential threat to the existence of the, of the Israeli state. Actually, something that I think we need to be proud of, you know, they would have never uh, saw us as a threat uh, uh, before, and it's an indication of, uh, of the fantastic work people like yourselves and internationally have been involved in and the power that the movement has in isolating and shaming uh, the, uh, uh, the, Israeli, uh, the Israeli state. In Israel, I don't know if people know, but Israeli citizens who advocate for BDS are liable to be sued. Uh, so uh, for every Israeli, it's illegal as an Israeli citizen to advocate uh, and support the boycott and divestment and sanctions movement. Again, a very clear and a fantastic example of how democratic uh, uh, the, and, and plural the Israeli state uh, uh, um, is. Last year, uh, during the height of the attacks uh, on Gaza and the murder in Gaza, 200 Israeli businessmen uh, announced uh, called um, for, for actions for peace, citing the growth of the boycott and divestment and sanctions movement. They were very worried about their businesses because uh, during uh, uh, last summer's attack on Gaza, many business deals had to be cancelled. Many Israeli products were returned back uh, uh, to Israel. To, to Israel. And many agricultural uh, products and uh, consumer products uh, were uh, you know, they were rotten in, in their fridges because people weren't, weren't buying them. So they were feeling the brunt uh, and the effects of the, uh, of the, uh, of the uh, growing movement. So everything that we do uh, fits within a global movement that is also developing and that is also uh, growing. And be sure that everything that you're involved in, whether it is not buying Israeli products on a daily basis in your supermarket, whether it's a campaign in your local council to drop a certain co a particular contract with a particular company 
that is complicit in Israeli occupation, there are all dots connected together that form uh, a, a very, a very impressive uh, a movement, a movement that is growing, a movement that is uh, that is uh, that is developing, and a movement that is isolating Israel uh, uh, more than any more more than ever uh, 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 before. And actually, there is a fear in Israel today more than ever that it's becoming a pariah state in the same way that the South African uh, uh, state uh, once once was. So. I um, am here today to thank everyone for their solidarity and for their campaigns and um, for, the, for all the actions that they've been uh, involved in, but also to strengthen your hands uh, in the work that you're, uh, that you're, uh, that you're doing and, and, and kind of, um, you know, trying to bring examples from all, from all around to show that actually whatever it is that you're involved in uh, is, is powerful and is meaningful and is changing uh, uh, realities, uh, realities on the ground. So I urge everyone here to, uh, to, to, if you're not already involved in the boycott and divestment and sanctions campaigns, join the boycott and divestment and sanctions uh, campaign and let's intensify our campaigns. Let's let's intensify uh, our struggle uh, and struggle together uh, for a more just world and and for a, uh, and for a free Palestine because we can actually, uh, uh, you know, our actions have. Uh, ramifications and they have uh, uh, resu results and and I hope that you know with the intensifications of our campaigns and our struggles we can all uh, see a free Palestine in our lifetime and, and a much more uh, just world as a consequence. Thank you. Uh, before we go over to questions and answers, just a couple of things. Uh, if you're not on our mailing list yet, there's, there's a contact list there. I'm going to send it around. If you haven't, if you ha if you're not on our mailing list, if you want to put your email address on that, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll put you on our mailing list so you, so you hear of, of these events. Uh, the only thing I just want to mention, uh, Hillary Clinton, and uh, I don't know whether people, you know, picked up on that. That Hillary Clinton uh, promised one of her major funders. That she would make her priority, uh, the priority of her administration, if she gets elected, to fight BDS. It's a priority. So I think that statement itself is remarkable, and I think it shows the power uh, of BDS. That she's, that she is, that this is what she's promised. That she promised that her administration would be, a, it would be a priority in her administration if she gets elected. The other thing I wanted to say was that this Saturday, uh, on the boycott, mm. uh, that we are uh, organising a national. Uh, consumer boycott uh, with Tesco's or outside Tesco's. Uh, we'll be leafing uh, Tesco's all around the country. Uh, in Dublin, if you're in Dublin, uh, we'll be meeting in the uh, IPSC office at 12 o'clock this Saturday. And if you're interested in coming along, and there's a few Tesco's in the city centre, <coughs> Parnell Street. Um, there's one in the Jervis Centre, and uh, there's another one in Temple Bar as well. So, uh, sorry. Oh, I don't know if we're going up as far as Fibsborough, but we'll, 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 see, we'll see on the day. Let's see how many people, because maybe if we have enough people, people can, you know, head to Fibsborough, or people can go to our Tesco's. So we'll, we'll be doing that this Sunday. So that, that's something if you want to get involved in, and that's something concrete. Uh, will we go over to, uh, we'll, go, we'll take questions now, if anyone has questions or comments on what Roy has said, or on the boycott uh, in particular, as, as it relates to, to uh, ourselves here in Ireland. So, anyone, anyone there with that? Well, you, uh, you heard such a thing as a, a list um, of sort of third-party companies that might operate sort of 
as broker companies between Israel and Europe, you know, that are reselling Israeli goods under a different name. Mm. You mean like uh, products, like yeah. Israel? What was the agriculture one that went that went bust? That's, uh, oh no, they were they were an Israeli company. Grexco. Yeah, Cam Grexco. Yeah, no, they were they were an Israeli company anyway. Yeah. Um, any other questions? Yeah. Can I get a couple together. Sorry, uh, this one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sorry. Hi, Ryan. Hi. Um, my question is basically now. I have noticed something, and I was baffled by it actually. I may be wrong with what I've noticed, but the thing is. Uh, BDS movement has been. I've noted. I have felt that the BDS movement has been much more active in Europe, in the U.S., in Canada, compared to the activism, let's say, in the Arab world. Being an Arab and having lived in an Arab country, in mm. several Arab countries actually, I have noticed that awareness of BDS in many Arab countries, particularly I've seen in Lebanon, in Kuwait, and Saudi Arabia, has been only at the individual level. But there was no activism, or there was barely any activism at the student union level or at the university level. Now, is that a problem with the outreach of the BDS or with the response to that outreach? Okay, could I just take one more? Uh, Garod, I think. Uh, I, I haven't so much a question as a comment. You did say comments also. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That BDS is an extremely important tool, highly important. And it worked very much in, in times gone by against apartheid in South Africa. Mm. There was no doubt about it. It was definitely the boycott of South Africa that worked on the government there. I never thought in my lifetime I would see the apartheid state in South Africa disappear. I never thought I would see the Berlin Wall disappear. I never thought I would see lots of things. I never thought I would see relative peace in Ireland. But things happen quite suddenly. Hmm. And I would say we are not too far away from the day when the government of Israel will meet its face. I mean, in as much as it won't have support, maybe even from Big Brother in the United States. Now, unfortunately, uh, the support from the Irish government, while many of the government members in RTD do support Palestine, I don't honestly expect ever to see the day when our government won't support the United States line on Palestine and Israel, unfortunately, because when Uncle Sam says jump, our lads are already well up in the air. <laughs> that so I would like to think that our government would, but who knows? We are facing into election here, so things we can never be certain about anything. And I would like to say, I am very optimistic that even in my lifetime, uh, I will see uh, freedom and citizenship for Palestinian people in what I hope will be a one-party country. Now, what in uh, one, one state, one state, not a one. <laughs> okay. We do want democracy. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Uh, no. I. I. I just. We'll just take those, dear, and I. I come back again. So. So. Uh, this is buffer companies, and then the boycott in the in the uh, Arab world. Yeah. I mean, it's it's quite it's quite difficult because with the advancement of the boycott and divestment uh, movement, the Israeli companies have also become sophisticated in the way that they transport the, 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 they, uh, the, their products, but 
there's quite a good list here on the with the IPSC has a good list of, of the companies uh, are complicit in Israeli apartheid in terms of like the agriculture but also have a look at the uh, bdsmovement.net uh, website uh, and there's a lot of information as well uh, on there uh, so that could be uh, in informative in terms of the BDS uh, uh, BDS uh, movement in the in the um, in the in the Arab world, I think it's a combination of a lot of a lot of things, right? Um, I think it's um, uh, it's partly the question of, of democracy in in uh, in Arab countries and and movement and political movements in uh, in, in, in in general for a lot of time for for years uh, for decades even the uh, Arab regimes were using the cause of Palestine as a as a, as a front to their to, to, to you know I, I used it uh, used it and abused it uh, if, if you know we can we can we can say that uh, uh, say it in, in, in that way and so it meant that you know people were kind of like our governments are doing things about this so the kind of the the idea of complicity was very much you know it's only the West that is complicit but not uh, not Arab uh, not, not Arab re regimes and and there's more and more awareness to uh, uh, governments and regimes' complicity with the uh, with the Israeli state, some of the uh, massive uh, contracts with G4S and Veolia were in Saudi Arabia. You know, uh, famously, G4S was part of uh, running the security teams for during Hajj um, uh, and 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 things like that. But the movement in the Arab world, there's more and more. Uh, as 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 the political awareness in the Arab world grows and develops, and as uh, political activism. There's more and more space for political activism in the, in the Arab world. So is uh, the boycott and divestment and sanctions movement. And um, in recognition of that, we we finally have um, uh, you know uh, organizers from the Palestine Boycott Committee that focus on kind of building and developing campaigns in the same uh, with the same importance and same magnitude as we develop them in Europe and Latin America and North America. Uh, North America as well. It was very disheartening to see that the BDS movement has gained a lot of momentum in this region, yeah. whereas like when I was in Lebanon, for mm. example, I was an active student there, that in Lebanon, which, enjoyed re which enjoys relative freedom actually, mm. the BDS movement was ridiculed actually, and uh, it wasn't that active, and unfortunately at some point <laughs> it doomed to fail. Yeah, but it is growing now. It is developing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, I'll go on to the next. Come back in, just sorry. S sorry, sorry. Did I finish up by saying I hope to see a one-party state? <laughs> <laughs> what I meant to call this age, but a one-state solution. Solution, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I think we understood, Carol. All right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dermot, I think you have a question. You mentioned the peace process, and uh, I'm sure uh, that there were lots of people who uh, had illusions about that process. Back in the 1980s, when those talks were taking place in Oslo and in, um, and in Madrid. And in fact, 
there was a whole wave of uh, peace process that went through different parts of the world. They were named peace process, but in fact they were a pacification process. And what we saw in Palestine was that it was rejected by the people. Uh, unfortunately, here it was, uh, it was accepted by, the, by most people. Uh, the solution is the same. The solution is to continue to struggle, necessarily sometimes armed and sometimes unarmed, but the necessity is to continue, and that's what the people in Palestine have done. And that's why we're still, we still have a cause to support them, because if that wasn't the case, uh, they would have laid down their arms by now, and they would have laid down their stones, and they would have laid down their placards. And um, uh, one of the ways I think that we, we have supported it here, and I'm sure you're aware that the uh, Israeli embassy calls us the most anti-Semitic country in, in Europe, by which they mean the most anti-Zionist uh, country in Europe. Yeah. Uh, one of the ways that we can do that is by BBS, but not just by the kind of things that you have mentioned, but by the kind of things maybe that Martin has mentioned, by turning up outside yeah. uh, supermarkets, uh, because that actually makes a contact with the ordinary citizen in the street, and uh, that also gives them an opportunity. And I have noticed that over the last maybe five years, I used to see Israeli uh, spices, uh, sorry, Israeli herbs regularly on on uh, on supermarket shelves, and. Uh, they often inexplicably disappeared, got pushed over the edge, or disappeared down the back, or got turned around, or something like that. Um, and now I don't see them anymore. I see Irish herbs, or I see Moroccan herbs. Not that I'm a great admirer of Morocco either, but uh, and so on. Uh, and it, we used to see, incredibly, for Ireland, we used to see Israeli potatoes. Uh, I still occasionally see them, but not very often. So that is an effect, I think, of what ordinary uh, people have done on the street. And uh, finally, a question. Is there a, um, a list of um, uh, performers, artists, who have uh, joined the boycott or who have, at the last minute, cancelled uh, a concert or appearance, broken down into countries? I'll take another one for, from Tom. Yeah, yes. You mentioned there, uh, there does be a link between different events and what we're talking about here. Like the refugee crisis, like, you know, I have a feeling that a lot of people all around Europe anyway are saying, what's causing this? Why are they all coming here and the whole lot there? And more and more, this kind of the US, the UK, France, their total annihilation of Libya, um, Iraq, Afghanistan, and, and
Sorry, I'll take I'll take one more uh, another question. Sorry, uh, this man here. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Uh, yes. not be uh, familiar with the product that we have here, and we use an awful lot. It's called a Stanley knife. Oh yeah, yeah. Right, Stanley knife. It's a box cutter. Yeah. Now it has been suggested that if you get around the selling of tools by Stanley, right? He appeared here in Ireland under convenient names, you know, names like Walksong and things like that, uh, have been suggested. <coughs> to get around, as that gentleman was saying over there, to get around the, uh, the boycott. So, is there a list, I was just wondering, what, is there a list of actual products updated regularly, right, uh, when we learn of such companies with convenient names? Yeah. Mm -hmm. There, there, there is the uh, IPSC list there yeah, as I well. Yeah, I know that. I know yeah. that was there. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. uh, when, like, when we say like, a monthly basis where we say a new product in Dr. Mario. Oh, I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, are we, uh, why don't you want to take that? I, I, I'll just take those. Just, yeah, uh, but take I'll take some more. Uh, oh, no, 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 just take those now. But I mean, I'm going to come back yeah. for more. I'll take one more, so th this time I'll just take those together. Sorry, uh, Sean, you had your hand up, I think. Yeah, yeah. I will. I will wants to remark on the importance of sport, a sport a sports boycott because Gary reminded me of our anti-apartheid uh, and I remember being on the pickets of a rugby international rugby match in Tubman Park and there were seven of us the following tour there were 20, 40,000 40, and there was no more tours after that but with it's something that can build up and very important. I've, I've, what would surprise me enormously if I say we shouldn't mix politics and sports, but Israel has no problem about harassing Palestinian football players. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 yeah. and, and Thomas Park and there was there was the uh, South African tour. We've <coughs> been outside the Lansdowne Road, 1970, I think it was, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the very big demonstrations well, against the apartheid. The previous one we've settled. Yeah, so, yeah. Okay, uh, right. Do you want to take those? Couple? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll start with the, with the sports one. Um, I think um, sports boycott is a, is a, is a, is a very, it is an extremely uh, important and powerful, and powerful tool. Not Israel is not very good at international sports, uh, but. Um, I don't know, uh, perhaps being a settler colonialist doesn't make you a very good uh, uh, athlete, but um, <laughs> but they they do see a, a lot of uh, a lot of um, it, it's very important for them. And I think sports and issues of culture uh, uh, highlight the nature of your uh, of your state and it brings it back to every single Israeli citizens about what you know, it, it makes every Israeli citizens rethink uh, uh, and actually um, Israeli football uh, clubs are amongst the r most racist sections of the Israeli uh, of Israeli uh, society. I don't know if people saw, but at the time that all uh, most football teams around mm. Europe were having banners and saying "Welcome refugees" and having refugees come and welcome, Israeli football teams were waving banners saying "Refugees not welcomed." Uh, so this is the kind of the the nature of Israeli uh, sports. It's an extremely 
uh, racist, uh, 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 you know, they're, they're extremely racist, and Maccabi Tel Aviv is notoriously racist. They notoriously go after their uh, after their games. They kind of run around in, in in the streets and try to kind of play games where they try where they find the Arabs and beat them, and uh, and beat them uh, and beat them up. And we saw the power of 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 what a sports boycott could mean when we saw the FIFA. Uh, sadly, the Palestinian Authority, the representatives of the Palestinian Authority, backed back down on their uh, uh, demand to exclude uh, Israel from uh, uh, from from FIFA. But it is a, a very powerful, a very powerful uh, tool. Uh, when Israel was uh, touring with the basketball and football, there were demonstrations. Uh, uh, so that is um, absolutely a, fun, a, a really important one, and and also can very much through. Um, and I want to relate this a bit to the uh, boycott list because if we start listing everything, we're never going to finish. Uh, there's thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of Israeli products or products that are linked uh, to the uh, Israeli state. Part of what we say is we need to strategically choose targets. We can't boycott everything, but we need to focus our boycott and our campaigns and choose them carefully and choose them uh, uh, strategically. And I think when we're choosing what is it that we're going to boycott? I think there's two things that we, uh, there's a number of things that we need to uh, think about. And one of the most important things is what in this campaign, how can we link the boycott of this particular product or this particular company in to what is happening in Palestine concretely uh, on the ground? For example, G4S, when we're talking about G4S, it's, it immediately we connect to the issue of Palestinian political prisoners. And it gives us, uh, by talking about G4S and talking about boycott of G4S, it gives us also an opportunity to talk about Palestinian political prisoners and not just kind of the big picture of occupation and colonization uh, in Palestine. When we're talking about boycott of sports, you immediately can go back and talk about uh, freedom of, of movement and, and, and so on. So we need to, when we choose about what which company do we boycott, we need to also think about um, how how does boycotting this company increase people's knowledge about the situation uh, in in Palestine and can we actually build public support uh, for this uh, uh, for the boycott of this particular uh, company or institution or etc uh, etc et so I think uh, we can we can list things from here until tomorrow but I think we need to also be a little bit uh, focused about what it is that we're boycotting and why uh, uh, and and how you know how do we message our boycott uh, camp campaign in relation to uh, artists uh, the you should look at the PACB website uh, PACB is the uh, uh, the Palestinian campaign for academic and cultural boycott uh, of, of Israel that was actually launched before the boycott and divestment call uh, in 2005 and there they have um, uh, you know all the kind of the academics and the artists and cultural figures that boycott uh, the uh, Israeli uh, Israeli state. There isn't a website of database of everybody that has signed up to this, uh, to to uh, to the pledge to boycott. But there are, um, you know, uh, there's every country has its own has its own website. So in Ireland, there's the uh, you guys have I, the list. I, IPSC. Uh, yeah, IPSC yeah. has the list of yeah. uh, of the Irish uh, artists and cultural figures that uh, pledge to boycott. In Britain, there's UK artists for Palestine. In Spain, there's again, uh, um, and so on. But on PACB, you can find most of the uh, most of the information, and you can certainly find links to 
those uh, uh, two uh, uh, those um, uh, websites. And I kind of wanted to touch a bit on what you touched upon. And I think part of the power and strength of the boycott on divestment and sanctions movement is the is the diversity in tactics. So you know, so you you can implement, you can use boycott in different in different ways, and and you can involve people in 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 different in different ways. Not everybody is uh, should be you know writing letters. Not everybody's gonna be standing outside a supermarket on the you know on on a Saturday or a Sunday or whatever. But we all have there's different tactics and different ways in which we hit, and this is extremely uh, extremely important. And even in a target of a, of one. Uh, of one product or one company or so on, there's different tactics that we can use, uh, and I think we should utilize them and use them uh, and use them all in a way of including more and more people uh, in our in our campaigns. And I think we continuously need to think and and renovate our tactics and think about what are the best tactics to use, what are different tools and new things that we can get people involved in. Can can we do this in a more exciting way? Can we do it in a more inclusive way? Can we do it in a way that that has much more uh, echo than than other than different tactics? And it, and it's it's a it's a moving and it's a it's a dynamic it's a dynamic movement. And that's where every one of you fits in and the the brain and the creativity of every single one of you in this room. Uh, comes in the movement and uh, and you know and strengthens it as as far as uh, as as we go along. Um, I take some more questions because I know there were hands here. Uh, Petra, uh, wants to hand up. Um, I, was, uh, I want to ask about um, what you said about Iceland. I wasn't quite sure. You said the um, some council in Iceland was at the Icelandic Parliament or council in Reykjavik. Passed a motion or the try not to yeah. um, buy any Israeli products or like I want to consult with that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's 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 two other people just there in the current uh mm -hmm. make yeah. Yeah, I just wanna avoid having a target back down on the boycott for them. I'll back down on the um the FIFA motion, is it? Yeah, yeah. okay. Sorry, and we all know that um, Israel has a very sophisticated propaganda machine, and as far as I know, it's a group of people that meet in a room together every few days and hammer out a policy for the next lie to try and persuade us that the West Bank is not a military dictatorship or that Gaza is not a, uh, a kind of ghetto like Warsaw was or that this, this, and this, and this. Mm. So I'm wondering, is there, does the DDS actually have any kind of so-called voluntary advertising agency that get together, comprising um, a publicist, for example, we say about 10 people, just say for argument's sake, a dozen people, you'd have a publicist, an academic, a journalist, Palestinian representative, designer, a musician, um, social, above all, a social networking expert, and just get together and come out with, with an advertising campaign for Palestine. I mean, does this actually exist? I, pr I presume it does. But if it, if it doesn't, <laughs> sorry, it I, I graduate yeah. from from tomorrow, really. Yeah. Because that's what they do. So why shouldn't we? Yeah. You know. I take those three. Uh, I will take those three first. I know it doesn't. I, I, I take, can yeah, I take you? Oh, will I take you then? Okay. But I just want to add something at the end. Yeah. Oh, an upcoming event, okay.
Um, so the the capital of Iceland that I can't say its name. Uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, had a motion in the council uh, for a full uh, boycott. So w and it passed. And um, what this motion, what the passing of this motion means, is that the city, the uh, whatever that uh, council will not have any uh, contracts with um, the Israeli state or companies that are complicit with the uh, with the uh, Israeli state. So in essence, the idea was to create an, a complete apartheid-free zone. So meaning that there's no relationships with uh, the uh, direct companies. Uh, with their Israeli companies, but also companies that are complicit in Israeli occupation, like G4S, HP, etc. Um, obviously, this was passed only a few, uh, like last week. Uh, it's still to go through the process of, of, of implementation, and it would be interesting to see what that actually means in practice and in, uh, and, in, uh, and, in, and in reality. But, um, you know, there are people uh, that are that are trying in there that are trying to figure it out and they are facing a lot of uh, pressure uh, to back down actually uh, on their uh, 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 on their motion. Uh, so that is kind of what's happening in uh, in uh, uh, in Iceland. Iceland. Yeah, in Iceland. Um, and um, why did the PA back down from FIFA? I mean, you gotta ask a Palestinian Authority a representative. Um, I do not represent the Palestinian Authority, uh, <laughs> thankfully. Um, but um, there, obviously, there, there there were voices also within the Pal the Palestinian Authority that were quite. Uh, uh, um, uh, annoyed in some ways with uh, what has uh, what was has happened and Palestinian civil society was very uh, angry and upset uh, with what with what uh, happened because uh, the mass majority of Palestinians support the boycott on divestment and sanctions movement and they do want to see Israel being held accountable on an international level uh, for its uh, for its um, you know for its violation of hum uh, of human rights continuation of the occupation and colonization uh, of uh, uh, of of Palestine, but I'm guessing that they they use it they use it as a political tool like any like other like other politicians uh, around uh, around uh, and there are around the world. They're not very different from you know politicians that you would see here and uh, <laughs> uh, uh, elsewhere. You know the fact that they're Palestinian doesn't exempt them from uh, from from that uh, e um, from that uh, either. Do we have a mechanism uh, a group of um, you know uh, that that public the public relation or Hasbara, as the Israelis uh, uh, call it. No, we don't. But we have the uh, you know the support and solidarity of no of ordinary people around the world that that support a just cause for liberation and and, and justice. And you know they have a machinery of funding, of money, of you know there's there's whole imperialist forces standing and, and behind them and, and and backing them. And sadly the. Um, you know, not sadly, actually, I think one of the powers of the boycott and divestment and sanctions movement is that it does rely on individuals and normal uh, people and people of conscience uh, 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 around the world. And I think it's absolutely, um, I think it's amazing what we've been managed and, and, and able to achieve uh, over the past uh, uh, 10 years. And it's a testament uh, and only thanks to uh, 
people like yourselves and, and others uh, around the world and their belief in the movement and advocation uh, for the movement. It would be amazing if we could have uh, something like what you, uh, what you, what you uh, uh, propose. In the BNC, we have one press, uh, one press officer uh, who's, who's struggling quite a lot to keep up <laughs> with everything. So, um, you know, uh, you know in, in this day and age, every single one of you can be an advocate and an ambassador for the boycott and divestment and sanctions movement and for the... Sorry for interruption, mm. but it seems there's a massive amount of creative goodwill for Palestine. Absolutely. There. But not just that. A lot of that goodwill comprises talent. Yeah. Mm. And if that can be harnessed on a voluntary basis, I mean, I know that there are designers out there yeah. who would love to make up posters. But they need to meet maybe musicians or uh, writers. I agree. You know, and, and it needs to be a, a collaborative effort because that's the way the Israelis do it. Yeah. People need to get in a room together and have policies and get out of the There was an anti-Hasbro group set up. I remember, I think it was... There is, yeah. yeah it's but the trouble with things like that is it needs someone to coordinate it. And it needs yeah. someone who's not up to their neck in something else. And yeah. it's, I mean, it's, it's still there online, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the problem, like, say, say, for example, the IPSC, I mean, we, we're just funded by uh, our members and our members' contributions and people who do spending orders. So we're always, you know, kind of looking for money or, or, or trying to fundraise. Uh, and, that, and that, you know, it's, we, we have to spend a certain amount of time doing that as well. So that, like, that takes some time. I, I know what happened after the uh, op Operation Protective Edge against uh, and Gaza last year. A lot of people... And as you say, artists, musicians, and that were, were concerned. But they start like what they were doing was they were involved in fundraising uh, uh, for medical aid for Palestine or for Mecca, from the Middle East Children's Alliance, or various groups or, or individual uh, what you call it uh, NGOs in Gaza, and you know, and they were doing that. Uh, we, you know, we, we're we're not a charitable organisation, you know, in that sense. So I mean, and and maybe what we do does attract the same kind of people. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean. Great if musicians uh, support us, and maybe, and hopefully, maybe we will get people to do a fundraiser maybe later on in the year, or maybe beginning in next year, uh, carry on, and maybe do more than we're doing now at the moment. But that's one of one, one of the problems for for uh, what you call it, activists like ourselves is that is, is is the funding. You know what I mean? We're struggling at the moment to kind of you know to keep an office together and to, and to pay for uh, bringing people over and speakers over and that. And we could do with more money. We could do we could do more. We could have more speakers as well, and more events. How do you contact those people? Goodwill and who would love to work, who would love to work I know it's a pity we haven't got enough money, but we haven't got the luxury of, of worrying about money. This is yeah. too important. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. And you're, you're talking about international kind of agency, really. Yes, you know what I mean? A lot can be done online. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you know, Facebook yeah. groups where people can collaborate together. Yeah. Um, it could be an Irish group. But I think I think those those talents need to be got together. They have to be advertised as you would as an advertising agency would. You know, you, you look for people and you bring them together. It shouldn't be impossible, and I think it could be a huge benefit. Yeah. But it obviously needs to be managed. Yeah, and, this, and, and then you need people to do it voluntarily, you know what I mean? You, you don't have the yeah, wherewithal to, 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 to pay people, you know? I have a full-time job. Yeah. I would be a designer. Yeah. I'd quite yeah. happily to give my time. 
Yeah. And I know that there are musicians and writers who would be more than happy to give their time. You know. yeah. And I don't think... Well, no, actually, if, 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 I think you've if got you a great idea for an initiative there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. how can I take a foot forward then? I mean, we can't wait for, you know, we can try. Yeah. 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 We can't wait for the next raising of the long way. Yeah. Well, we have, as I say, we have, we have the contact list there. If you put the design alongside it, we can proceed. No, but I think it's yeah. great. Bring yeah. art, bring creative minds together and have a discussion about what it is that you can do. That you, you can, can create do posters and music videos and and so on. And I know um, I'd love to have your contacts because we're always looking for people to design posters and, and, and so on. So if you're a designer, you know, please do uh, give me your email. I'll be emailing you on a regular basis. <laughs> you, you'll soon regret uh, your uh, your offer. <laughs> uh, can I? Can I, I? I know I have another. I have another question. Yeah. I have another question here. Uh, thanks, Rhea, for your presentation. Is there any more questions, by the way? If, uh, uh, sorry. Um, just um, okay. to say, like, just people in this room have been involved a lot longer than I have in political activism, but in my few short years, there's been three wars uh, on Gaza. Uh, pretty shocking. And I think Ireland, Dublin, there's been some major mobilizations, particularly last year, which I think we've not been proud of. Mm. Uh, mm. Like, for the size of the population, I think they were the biggest in Europe. Mm. Uh, at the time, and I actually missed the last one because I was in Spain. I got to Seville where there was uh, one uh, uh, taking place. Uh, but I, I think, you know, there are these major ebbs and flows, as in, you know, when there's a, a war going on, a slaughter, people hit the streets. And I think this is where the BBS is so powerful because it is a, an opportunity, it's a, the mechanism for people after, unfortunately, you know, Israel withdraw uh, and things get back to normal and the, the, uh, the issue of Gaza and Palestine recedes. From the, the headlines, I think this is BDS is the powerful weapon that people, ordinary people like ourselves, have to try to do something to play our part. Because there was a talk given by Dr. Matt Gilbert a couple of months ago, mm. um, his book Midnight in Gaza. Mother of God, like the amount of people crying after that. Like, it, it would nearly because we don't have a right to uh, feel, you know, that the suffering is, is too big, it's too immense. And um, that's just not a luxury that we have uh, whatsoever. So it is what practically can we do uh, to, to try alienate uh, as, as much as we can. And I just think it is a powerful movement. Just in relation to Reykjavik and the, the vote taking at the local authority level there, I'm a Dublin City Councillor and we had a people for profit motion passed over a year ago now, July of last year, which did call for uh, an arms embargo on Israel, um, called for the twinning of Dublin in Gaza City, but also uh, Dublin City Council has a, a major contract with Hewlett Packard. So we're still, like my work laptop is a, is a HP uh, laptop. Uh, so we, we, we have to look into that, I think, because we're forgetting nowhere on the actual, as you said, on the implementation of it. It's all then go to pass a motion and to get a headline, but it's to actually follow through and for it to actually mean something. So I think that's something that I know Councillor uh, Tina McVeigh. Yeah. There are a couple more people. Someone, Con, your point, and someone back there. Well, oh, no, no, no. I, I, that's coming at the finish. There was a hand at the back. Are you okay? Just next. I, we, are, we are talking about. We are completely at the back. 
we are we are talking about very serious political issues and solid and solidarity. When we look at the face of of civilized Europe in 2015, I often ask myself, have we learned have we learned our, our history lessons? I often ask that. Have we learned from the history? And we have to be people of actually hope. We have to be people of uh, a, a vision and solidarity and not to apologize when things get actually tough. Because things are very tough at the moment for many families, for many people. Are we going to run into the corner and say, ah, I've done my bit, I, won't, I don't want to do any more. And next year, as a Palestinian spokesperson said in, in Dublin, next year is the, is the centenary of the 1916, and we should be standing in solidarity with people from Palestine in saying, well, if we are celebrating, if we hope to celebrate 1916 in, the, in, in a group called a reclaim a vision of 1916, we should invite people from Palestine to come and join us and to push for the rights of a Palestinian to have their own state. What more do the Israelis want of, of the Palestinian people? Thanks, Con. Thank you. Uh, there's someone at the, the very back here, is it? This man? Oh, no, sorry. No, I know I've spoken before. May I? Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's certainly go on because I don't think there's anyone else actually, and I think we might just wind it up now. There are someone. Yeah, there's uh, Oh, Brian, sorry, Brian, sorry. I, I agree with you, actually. We, we have to see where it leads as well and what kind of connections are going to be made uh, with Tel Aviv. Do you want to say, say, say anything on that? Uh, oh, no, yeah, you might just want to come in at the end, I think, is it? Yeah, yeah, okay. Can I come in, please? Yeah, okay, Garod. And uh, so we take the last question then and uh, our, our statement. A suggestion and a question, if I may speak, please. Yeah, yeah sure. Okay. A suggestion for the young gentleman down there, the graphic designer, I think he said he was. Does he have professional association or a union uh, to, to, to operate to us and to get a, a, a nucleus of people who will further your aims which are excellent. 
No, I'm a gorilla designer. <laughs> oh dear, that's the problem. Oh, I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. He worked on his trade union. Yeah. Do you want to win? Yeah, I. There's a hand there. Oh, there's a hand. Sorry. Sorry, can't hear you. Can a question is in relation to the olive trees and what they're doing with them once they're approved in this case. We plant them in, they're setting. Sorry. What's happening to the olive trees? The question is when when they uproot the olive trees, what do they do with them? Is that question? Um, I mean, olive trees are are, are very are, are political are, are political. They're not just uh, they're not they're not just trees. So when Israel uproots uh, olive trees, uh, olive trees, it's a political uh, it's a political statement uh, 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 as well. Um, but often they they uproot them. Sometimes they just leave them to die. And build walls or settlements on top of uh, on top of them, and um, sometimes they um, they they uproot them and then they give them to uh, to settlers to plant, and then those settlers say like you know look we've got these amazing olive trees and you know we've we've got all of this amazing uh, uh, produce uh, out of it. So Palestinians spend years and decades going the olives and then. Uh, they're given to, uh, to, 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 to settlers. Uh, a patch of land um, near, very close to um, wh wh where, where, where I live in, in Palestine, in the Negev, was, was, was completely empty. But when they, uh, when they um, uh, took the settlements out of, uh, of, uh, of, of Gaza, they gave, uh, they gave the settlers patches uh, of, <coughs> of land, you know, agricultural, uh, agricultural land, and, and empty land suddenly from one day to another had these amazingly, massively big, uh, uh, big olive trees, which meant that they could make profit and money immediately. They didn't have to wait for years and centuries uh, for their olives uh, uh, to, to grow. So it's, a, it's an immensely uh, political uh, political political act. It's not only kind of decimating olives, but it's uprooting Palestinian history and trying to uproot uh, Palestinian existence from uh, particular Sorry particular. To interrupt you. There's many Israelis that are on that place as well with the Palestinian uh, people. There's Sorry. Many. It's not just the, it's not just Palestinian people and Israeli people. It's just, it's a mixture. It's Many, many Israelis as well, and there's, there's a sense of fear within the Israeli people of mm -hmm. being uh, pushed into the sea, is what they, they, they talk about. Um, the of what Israelis being pushed into the sea by Palestinians? Their own actions in, in, their, in their investments within their military and within their uh, hierarchy of. I mean, the, what, 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 what Palestinians are asking for is not uh, to uh, remove or throw in the sea as the famous Zionist uh, kind of propaganda, uh, propaganda, but what Palestinians are asking for is justice and liberation. Um, you know, if, if Israelis 
uh, agree to that justice and liberation and respect the Palestinians' right to self-determination, I'm very happy to live alongside anybody who respects and, 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 uh, and respects my right to self-determination. I will not uh, sit, uh, sit by and let someone who does not want me to have my right to self-determination and does not uh, agree to my freedom and see their freedom as superior to my uh, freedom or anybody else's freedom, for that matter, uh, around the world. I don't think those, um, you know, uh, those people can find their own way uh, in, in in the world. And I don't think the Palestinians, um, the Palestinians have never uh, advocated for pushing Israelis into uh, into uh, into the sea. It's uh, you know I think we need to look more into the barbarity. Uh, and inhumanity of the of the Israeli uh, settler colonial uh, regime, and in many ways, Palestinians have been extremely patient uh, and extremely graceful uh, with the uh, with the Israeli settler uh, colonial uh, 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 settler colonial regime. So I think there's kind of there's well, a lot of uh, of, of propaganda continuously bashed and, and and told to the Israeli to the Israeli public about the Palestinians and you know their that we're like coming to eat them and coming to throw them uh, into into the sea. But if you ask Palestinians, um, myself and others, that is not that is not on the agenda. That is not on the cards, and that is, has never been a demand of any of the Palestinian liberation struggle uh, or any of the Palestinian uh, movement. That, uh, they're obviously using within their own regime to, to, to bring their people. To, to hatred. Oh, yeah, to make people afraid. Uh, yeah. I, I, absolutely, yeah. I mean, that's part of the, the agenda. And how you control people as well, by fear. Uh, I think we're going to wind it up there, and uh, I just want to thank people for coming. And uh, I just want, no, I, 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 there's a couple of announcements as well. There's just two But uh, no, I just want to say uh, just that I hope people will, will be active because this, it's important that, that people are active because, I mean, we're, we are small organizations and it's what you can do as an individual or as part of a group. And there are other groups beside the IPSC. There's Gaza Action Ireland, there's Academics of Palestine. If you remember Trade Union, there's Trade, Trade Union Friends of Palestine as well. Uh, and, uh, you know, the Irish Congress of Trade Union is one of the first Congresses to, to uh, mm. the first Congress actually, yeah. to, to, to pass a boycott motion uh, in 2007. So. Uh, these are some things. These are things that we can do, and we can get involved in, and you can do as an individual, and to influence people around you in your group, or maybe your church group, or trade union, or whatever, or, or if you want to join an organisation and, and work through that. So mm. I just want to thank people for coming. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just want to thank Roya for coming and speaking. And, uh, <laughs>